You're listening to Once, episode 211, The Broken Kingdom, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And thank you very much for joining us. We have just watched this episode, The Broken Kingdom, so our thoughts and theories will be a bit all over the place, but that's where your feedback and our full discussion comes in later on in the week. You can find out more information about how to send us feedback and when that episode is over at oncepodcast.com. So I was wrong about Camelot being something <laughs> other than a kingdom, like a, a bigger thing, but Camelot is literally not as it seems. True. Or is it now? Well, in the subtitles, and we were talking about this even during the chat, when Rumpel said fix in the subtitles, Stiltskin was putting the word fix in quotation marks. So it's kind of a fake fix or that was my impression yes 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 i enjoyed the episode until there was this moment when i realized this is completely arbitrary they throw not even enough dust at something and what it affects a fix in the eye of the thrower i think it's affecting the actual thing but so if i threw some of that dust at the show would it write the dust out of the show because i don't think the show should have the dust in it it's kind of like a potion we once saw that would make someone (laughs) think they love you but not really love you it's very Mm. similar to that this it's basically all a fake so arthur does literally sit on a throne of lies we were right in our last episode Guys, I, I, I'm going to call it now. You know how this dust is made? You take some squid ink, okay. you <laughs> yeah, dry it yeah, out, you yeah. pulverize it, and you have squid ink dust. And you can do anything. But if it, quote, fixes, unquote, broken things, mm-hmm. it makes me think that it's really simply magic maintaining a facade. So as soon as the magic is taken away, mm-hmm. so is the facade... But whatever thing it is that's happening is still happening in Storybrooke as well, because Mm -hmm. Guinevere still is supportive of Arthur in Storybrooke. True. But who's to say precisely why? So I was following as far as it fixing an obviously broken sword or making it appear fixed. They were calling it the Broken Kingdom. I kind of even followed that. I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. But Fixing people. Well, where's the break for the magic to latch on to? In what way were the charmings broken? It has to depend on the viewpoint of the person wielding the dust. Yes. Okay. I get it. So, and I mean, that's the only way it can work because they now believe something that isn't true, which doesn't seem terribly fixed to me. Right. So while everyone sees something and something does change... It's fixed according to the caster. Right. Okay, I misunderstood you the first time. 
Yeah, so that has pretty far-reaching implications, but I assume it has to be somewhat weak and, like you said, not permanent, which means whatever can undo it, Camelot will disappear, although in Arthur's mind it already has. Yeah, and Arthur is... At least in present day. (laughs) Arthur is obsessed with this dagger and trying to make the sword whole again, and he seems like he wants to defeat Merlin. Yeah, he said something about prove Merlin wrong. And I didn't quite follow that, honestly, because they went from Merlin said he was going to be king to Merlin speaks in half-truths to I now need to disprove Merlin. And I'm not sure which part needed disproving, or maybe I just missed that and we'll figure that out for our full discussion. Well, see, Merlin apparently prophesied that (laughs) Arthur would be the rightful ruler with the sword. Okay, sure. The sword is broken. Well, Merlin didn't say anything about that as far as we know. And Arthur didn't need a whole sword to be the king of Camelot. He was heralded as the king when he came back with the sword. He was considered victorious. Mm -hmm. People were celebrating. People were following him. He could have risen the kingdom honorably with that sword, even though it was broken. I even wondered for a moment, does being broken mean it wasn't really secured? Could anyone have pulled it from the rock? But no, because we already saw it kill somebody for trying. Someone who wasn't worthy. So it still was able to make that determination. He could have even probably shown it to people and said, yeah, yeah, so it's broken, but... A guy totally got vaporized trying to take it out of the stone before I did, and it let me take it. Yeah. Therefore, I am king. It's kind of representative of our broken kingdom, but we'll fix it all. I liked the writing of this episode. Sure, there's the dust thing that's near the sand of An- Avalon oh, the sand. So that sorry. some people won't like, but... Some people. I think the writing <laughs> was pretty good. I loved the hilariousness of watching Hook... And Emma seeing Henry and Violet. (laughs) And Hook is all like, great job, mate. You got a girl. And Emma's like, what? Who is this girl with my son? (laughs) So we also saw why there's this rift between Lancelot and Arthur. And some stuff is messy. Okay, I know that. The world is messy. Guinevere was totally willing to stay with Arthur to do the right thing, stay with her husband, and she wanted to, but he was being a deadbeat husband and (laughs) obsessed with this thing that was pulling him away from his marriage. I I was thinking, because I'm married, I was thinking, dude, dance with your wife. Come on. (laughs) This this whole story would turn out extremely differently if you would just love your wife. Well, I I laughed out loud when she said, you made it. I'm like, out the door. Yeah. I mean, like, it wouldn't have been difficult at all. Yeah, that was a little frustrating, but at least he still, he was obsessed, but he was expressing love. He wasn't loving her in the right actions. But then when she got back is when suddenly it didn't make sense to me anymore. Suddenly he was all growly and like stealing the bag from her and where have you hidden it and blah, 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 blah. But that wasn't really how he was acting before. Well, he was close to it. He's obsessed. And the thing is that here he discovers that she has it and she's keeping it from him, basically. But speaking of keeping things from others, 
I want to thank some people who are not keeping their generosity from the podcast and are keeping the podcast going without the need of the sands of Avalon. Special <laughs> thanks to our heroes for this episode of the podcast, David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, and we have a couple new heroes supporting the podcast, Megan Martin and Irvin Z. Martinez. Thank you very much for your kind contributions and support. We could not do this without you. And we're going to be able to do some really cool things as the support continues to come in. And we're, we've got some big lofty goals of maybe someday making it to Steveston to do a podcast live from there or some other really cool things coming in the future. But thank you for your support. It does cost money to run the podcast and to do a lot of things with the podcast. And we seriously could not do it without you, our heroes. So if you'd like to be one of our heroes, just like David, Steve, Lisa, Megan, Irvin, and our 29 backers on Patreon, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero and be that hero. Wield the support button in your browser and (laughs) pull a dollar or more from the stone of your wallet. This is sounding really horrible, but basically we want you to be the hero to the podcast. (laughs) And so please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. (laughs) It's okay. We'll just throw some sand on that later. (laughs) If someone sends us some sand from Avalon, that would be cool. Contact information (laughs) for mailing stuff, by the way, is on the website at oncepodcast.com. We got to see modern day Storybrooke very, very, very little in this, which was nice because I I know in the chat, I saw some people were getting a little bit confused with the back and forth from long time ago in Camelot to five years ago to present day, then five years ago to present day, back and forth. There was a little bit of confusion. Uh, Rewatch will help clarify that. But so it was nice that they saved yet another place, a fourth timeline for just one short scene at the end of the episode. Yeah, I think the only reason there would be any confusion is because I did catch myself kind of in a frame of mind where, oh, so that's what's going on. Those are the motives. And then I realized six weeks ago, that's what was going on. And those were the motives. But we still don't know precisely what's happening in Storybrooke because we didn't get any real reveals there this week. And we don't fully know what led up to the return and the erased memories. Right. And now I'm thinking it's not Arthur that did it. Maybe it was Merlin. Maybe it was Morgana. If she is a character that we're going to see (laughs) at some point, but it is cool to see Merida back. Not the way that I expected. (laughs) You mean tied to the front bumper of Emma's bug? Or in a dungeon. Either of those right. were unexpected. Yeah, I didn't expect Camelot to be where... Now, we still don't know for sure that that's where she was headed. But she got arrested somehow and put in the dungeon. Well, maybe it was where she was headed. Because mm-hmm. very little time passed between her seeking the kingdom that kidnapped her three little brothers. Right. And then her ending up here in the dungeon. So maybe she did walk right in and say, you know, I need to punch someone in the face for stealing my <laughs> little brothers and then I'll forgive you or vice versa. And then they throw her in the dungeon. And they said, how about you just forgive us from our dungeon? With Merida coming back, it, it does make me think that Camelot is involved in Merida's story. Why else would she be there? Hmm. 
I, I think I agree with you. And then uh, in present day, they actually use the word brave. Yes. So I guess I'm going to have to finally watch the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> movie night. <laughs> so how is Merida going to make Rumpel brave? I predict an apple on his head and <laughs> archery practice. He has to not flinch. It might be that now that Emma has Merida's heart, Emma can control Merida. Mm-hmm. But for Merida to teach Rumpel to be brave, Merida kind of needs to be Merida. Yeah, she kind of needs that brave heart thing. Yeah, I don't really understand how it's going to work. I think they might have to throw some sand at it. That's the new thing that fixes all things. <laughs> Quote, fixes, unquote. It all might be better at fixing things than squidding. I was a little disturbed <laughs> about uh, the... The seeming deception, too, maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly because we'll rewatch the episode and understand everything better. But Guinevere kissed Lancelot. Yes. But then later, Lancelot did confirm that he loves Guinevere. Mm-hmm. He did, after all, put on the whole birthday party for her when Arthur wasn't, which could just be seen as a friend. But I think Lancelot's leaving Camelot was an honorable thing to do. He realized, ah, I have feelings for a married woman. This is not what a man who's supposed to be trusted should do. This is not honorable. I need to just leave and let let them work their issues out. I'm going to be gone. But he still says that he loves Guinevere later on and expected her to say the same. But Guinevere kissed him. Uh, It's just weird to me a little bit. Yeah, and she now says... For what he did. Yeah. Like so blaming is there more or is it just her twisted, shall we say, fixed outlook on things that makes her think that way? Well, it's more like Arthur's fixed outlook. So Arthur well, yes. probably wants to think that Lancelot was the one who caused this. So therefore Lancelot made the first move and Lancelot tried to yeah. steal his wife. No, Arthur, look. You are being a deadbeat husband. Mm-hmm. Dance with your wife. <laughs> if we've learned nothing else, <laughs> dance with your wife. <laughs> so I'm no Arthurian expert, but as I understand it, Camelot's always been almost more of a concept, or it was sort of a concept before even it was an actual kingdom in these stories. So maybe that's part of the point that we're moving toward is that it's only as broken as they consider it to be. Once he was the rightful king, he didn't need to put on all the pretense and he didn't need to sort of fake Camelot the way that everyone envisioned it. They were building it. He was being impatient, though. Right. He's he's spending a lot of time keeping up appearances instead of accepting what is and working with what he has. I loved getting to see the dark one vault because I remember when we first saw that, I thought, wait, a vault. And it's this little thing on the ground. That's it. A vault (laughs) seems like something you can go into like Regina's vault. Mm -hmm. So why can't we see inside? And then we got to see inside of it. And that was really cool. I think that stuff that was in there, that's, the darkness, which might continue to exist, and it's not necessarily, well, it was tethered to a person. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe like that's Rumple's 
darkness remaining there to guard the vault and maybe that's that that's simply the security <laughs> system going oh maybe around in the bottom and and like showing a vision of your daughter and such to try and convince you to do the right thing but anyway now we also know where rumple has kept his dagger safe for all of these years when he was the dark one that he created this place that's really well okay so timeline wise that was actually rumple stiltskin yes yes this was before the curse right yes this was five years ago so okay so even though we're in season five, it's definitely not been five years. No, because Henry would be way too old. Well, it's Yeah, it's about five years ago. Five years plus six weeks, give or take a few months, something like that. So this works out fine that, yes, this is before the curse. Everyone's still in the Enchanted Forest. Rumpel's right about to cast the curse. Or, or Regina. Get Regina to do it. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of that place, I loved being reminded of Mary Margaret's vision of young Emma taking Mary Margaret's heart. And we always kind of questioned that, huh? Like, what was that? (laughs) Yeah. So if they put that in there, knowing that something would happen in this place that we saw, that's really cool. But we never got to see anything like that happen in that place. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were just putting in some continuity because they wanted to reuse a set. Or if there's more coming, because what actually happened didn't seem terribly, even though they just referenced that flashback or that memory, it didn't seem terribly connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I just realized something. Oh. David and Mary Margaret in Camelot were enchanted with the sand of Avalon. True. To, quote, fix them, unquote. Mm-hmm. They're in Storybrook now. Right. So they should, since Guinevere seems to be, quote, fixed, unquote, then David and Mary Margaret should also be, quote, fixed, unquote. Hmm. So we need to be watching David and Mary Margaret in the upcoming episodes in Storybrooke to see what kind of stuff are they doing. Can we really trust them and their motives? Because back in Camelot, no, we can't anymore. That's true. It's, yeah, there are some questions about Guinevere and her motivations if it's if she's still under the effect or if she's just that's just how she thinks now right we'll see more about what happened in the rest of the previous six weeks we'll have a better idea there is going to be a little break in the schedule for once upon a time on sunday november 22nd there will be no episode of once upon a time that's because of the american music awards which will be airing at that same time that once upon a time would have aired But we are still going to get a nice two-hour episode before the end of this year. So we're still going to get some great content. And really, I know we hate the little breaks like that, but it does work very nicely for Mm -hmm. our podcast schedule. So we don't have to try and podcast on American Thanksgiving week. Right. We're thankful for the break for Thanksgiving (laughs) in America. And we'll still get those two hours of content. So it's not like you'll be missing an hour of Once Upon a Time. And I was wondering, do we know whether that is an extra hour or is that one of our planned hours? Because when it was announced, the phrase that went with it was, the season just got bigger. The way that they do that seems to be very confusing. And sometimes we don't even know, like last year, we didn't quite know until the season was actually over. But I think how they are pitching it is that, yes, this season will have more 
hours, but not necessarily more episodes. But we'll we'll see how they work that out. Matthew Paul, one of our forum moderators, is great at keeping track of this kind of stuff and the schedule and things. But so do know that November twenty second, no episode of Once Upon a Time, and there will be no episodes of the podcast that week either. But Once Upon a Time and the podcast then resume on Sunday, November 29th. There is also an opportunity for you to win some really cool stuff for Once Upon a Time, and that is enter our costume contest. I don't have the page set up just yet for you to enter, but that will be very soon. This will be your opportunity that regardless of whether you celebrate Halloween or anything like that, if you just have a great costume, then you can go ahead and submit your photo early. But we're going to cut off the submissions about the first week of November. So go to oncepodcast.com slash contest to enter your name, email address, and a photo of your costume, you in the costume, of a Once Upon a Time character. It can be any character from Once Upon a Time, not a Disney character. It needs to be a character from Once Upon a Time. And then everyone else will get to vote on the best once Upon a Time costume. That'll be eventually at oncepodcast.com slash contest. And there will be a first place, second place, and third place. And you can qualify too if you are outside of the United States. We'll work some things out for the prizes there. So if you're interested in that, go to oncepodcast.com slash contest when that information will be available soon. And you can look at the rules, look at how you can submit, and then enter to win some cool stuff, including maybe season four or five Blu-rays or DVDs. Maybe it could be a soundtrack, a poster. Maybe it could be some other cool Once Upon a Time swag, a t-shirt, anything like that. Go to oncepodcast.com slash contest in order to get that information soon. We would love your feedback for our upcoming full discussion where we will rewatch this episode, get some sound clips, screenshots, do a lot more research and some other really cool things. So please send us your feedback. You can call, send a voice message through the website, send an email to us, send a message through the website, all of that over on the site, oncepodcast.com. And please share this episode out with your friends and family and get other people listening to the podcast The show notes for this episode are at oncepodcast.com slash 211. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And until next time, remember, the pony's smarter than the (laughs) pirate. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them and keep the podcast going, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.